are going live in five and four, three and two, one. Yo, 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 tell me what you know. Welcome to the Sunshine Show. Woo! <laughs> Today I have a very, 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 very special guest for you guys. I have the one and only, the most phenomenal, the most fabulous, the most Bowie of them all. I have Christian Twig, known for his work with NERD and Spy Mob in the house. What's up, Christian? Yo, 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 tell me who you see. It's the amazing sunshine and little old me, T-W-I-double-G. <laughs> yes, oh my yeah. God, you guys, we're gonna have a fun time today. It is the special 420 early bird edition of the Sunshine Show. Um, you guys have heard and seen Christian a lot more than you guys know. Um, and we're about to talk all about it today. And we are gonna have so much fun. Christian, tell us a little bit about yourself for those that may not be familiar with, with you. Yeah, sounds good, man. Well, uh, so um, my name is Christian Twig and I played in a Minneapolis band called Spy Mob. And this is, a, we're talking about about 20 years ago. And uh, we were based out of Minneapolis and it turns out that Pharrell Williams was a big fan of our band. How crazy is that, right? I love that. And, uh, so yeah, so Pharrell signed our band to his label and we went on to become his backing band on NERD's first record, In Search Of, turning 20 this year. And yeah, super cool. And, um, and so yeah, we toured with him for, um, I wanna say 2001 to about 2005. So that was cool. Awesome. Lots of, yeah, man, just a short, I guess, little backstory on that. Dude, um, I've been spending my morning and actually last night just kind of living vicariously through you. And I mean, I knew you did the backing, the base for NERD, and I should have been prepared, but I was not fucking prepared for what I was about to see because I I too love the stage and I too love to perform and me watching you with your bass and just like your moves and going to the front of the stage and like like dancing with Pharrell I was like oh my holy shit dude you must have had so much fun it was it was crazy man it was uh it was an unbelievable experience so we had so much fun, man. And we just, you know, we just wanted to bring a ton of energy to the stage and getting to perform in front of thousands of people on a daily basis was just so inspiring. Um, yeah, man, it was just the coolest thing ever. It was so much fun. Oh my God. So how did Pharrell like find you guys? Well, from what I understand, he found us just through connections in the music business. Um, the, the record industry was looking at Spy Mob, and this was actually before I was even in the band. Spy Mob was signed to Epic Records. So there was a lot of uh, buzz going on in the music industry about Spy Mob, and they ended up getting signed by Epic Records. And I think that was in about 1998, I wanna say. Okay. Um, so Pharrell got wind of Spy Mob, and um, Spy Mob ended up getting dropped by Epic Records. And that's when Pharrell came in and we got a call just from our lawyer 
short story here, but uh, Pharrell's lawyer and our lawyer were the same. Okay. And we, we had no idea who Pharrell Williams was, but we got a call one day and said, hey, this hip hop producer wants to sign your band. And we were like, great, let's go. <laughs> so turns out it was Pharrell Williams. And uh, so we had some, you know, we got schooled on what was going on with Pharrell and all the things that he had been a part of and what he was doing, which was pretty amazing. Oh my God, I can't wait to talk all about it. I wanna um, say, hey, what's up to the people in the chat really quick, because we've got a lot of people here. Yeah, man, let's story. talk to the people. Let's talk to all the people. Let's we let got... the people be heard. <laughs> we got Don McDaniel, Jennifer Espinosa, Michelle Richards. We got Jessica Harper. We got Lindsay, Leave Arrow. We got the whole fam bam in the house. Thank you guys all for tuning in. If you have any questions for Christian about his tour life with Pharrell or anything else, please drop them in the comments. We will get to them as soon as possible. This is going to be a wild ride today, my folks. Um, Okay, so he, so your lawyer, his lawyer calls your lawyer, the lawyers are the same person, okay, right? Correct, ah! correct. We had the same lawyer. How do you even prepare yourself, like, for getting on stage with a superstar like Pharrell? Like, what in the fuck? Like, how do you even prepare yourself? For, did you fan, fanboy at all? Like, what was the deal? Okay, well, you know, it's uh, all right. Here's what's happened, man. We so Pharrell, he wanted to sign us to his label, and so he thought he was like, well, hey, how about if I take Spy Mob, and I re-record the In Search of Record using them as my live band? So they did a European release with uh, In Search of, where it was all just like um, synths and. Uh, sequencing and all that kind of stuff right and so then his idea was well i want to sign you guys i want to promote your band by having you on my record so he flew us out to virginia beach where he he was based and we hung out there for a couple of weeks and re-recorded that record and um so it was kind of a slow process we got to meet him we got to hang out with him for a little bit super cool dude uh loved what we did he was just um man he was just he just let us rock his record man it was nuts you know um oh my so, god uh so then then we started rehearsing because we got we'd get a show so we got a show and so now to your to your question your question was did i like freak out getting on stage with pharrell and the and the answer is not at all what? <laughs> let me tell you why though because um you know we we had been playing our instruments for our whole lives, right? Or at least for me, since I was a teenager. And, you know, Pharrell actually didn't have as much, say, like live performance experience. So, man, when we got up on stage, we were just ready to go. We were ready to rock. And uh, Pharrell was just so great because he just let us, he just let us go, man. He just let us go crazy. Dude, Rockstar was like my anthem. Um, when yeah. it came out, like, dude, put it on repeat, replay. I mean, the whole fucking album was genius. There's just something about meshing the rock and like the rap vibe and that together forms this 
unity of like strength and empowerment and oh my god dude like i swear they don't make music like that anymore okay okay so this is a cool conversation man because check this out if you think back in the early 2000s there was a lot of rap rock going on yeah but if you listen to in search of totally different and i don't know how do you explain it because was uh i don't know what it was like limp biscuit who else was doing it back then the i mean uh you guys who else was doing it back there and drop it in the comments yeah man. drop it i mean because you know too much before <laughs> <we came> on. <laughs> so yeah that whole rap rock thing was going on but this was different man this was different is kid rock considered he doesn't really rap right he's just rock yeah no i would put him in that category that rap rock category for sure oh david cootie papa roach papa roach see there we go there we go. Yep. And this was cool too because this was different. This is different. This wasn't a bunch of like white rock guys doing rap. It was an international superstar hip hop producer hiring a white band and rocking out. It was killer. It was crazy. Like all the like electronica sounds or like the electronic sounds and like it was just so different. The synths and everything that was going on, it was so different than what anybody yeah. else was doing or that anybody else has really done. I feel like it's just like in a category of it in and of itself. Agreed. And you know, if you actually listen back to those sounds, um, they are very typical of the Neptunes. So if people don't know the Neptunes, it's you know, Chad and Pharrell, their, you know, use of those sounds back in the early 2000s, it, it's, they're all over that record. Yeah. So when you look back, you're kind of like, oh yeah, the sounds, you know, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, David Cootie also says Linkin Park. Linkin Park. made it mainstream. Who made it mainstream? Linkin Park slash Jay-Z made it mainstream. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, right yeah. on. Absolutely, 100%. Um, it was just a different time back then, Christian. I don't know, I don't mean to get nostalgic on everybody, but it's true. And if you haven't listened to that album in a while, I recommend you go back and, and re-listen to it again. Yeah, you know, and and um, part of my excitement for you know being able to hang out with you and do some interviews about this is, um, you know, is getting some new people turned on to that record. That first NERD record, um, I would love to get some new people uh, listening to that, man. Oh my God, I mean, ah! and then, okay, the coolest thing too, one of the coolest things about all this was that when I went back to listen to Rockstar and I'm looking at the video, there you are in the fucking video that, you know, I'm like, what is going on, dude? You are like the epitome of cool. I'm sorry, it's just <laughs> Yeah. What was that like? Tell me what was it like filming that video? Okay, so now there was a couple of there was a couple of experiences that we did have back in the day that that were kind of trippy. You know, like it's just like one of these moments where you're showing up for work, but you gotta like pinch yourself because of what's happening around you and who's there. You know, so any time that we were playing shows on the road, wherever we were, you never know who was going to show up. So being on that set was crazy because you got Randy Quaid, okay? And then, I mean, cats from Cypress Hill are showing up. Uh, 
I mean, Beyonce was there. Beyonce uh, was there? Beyonce was there. What? Uh, who, who else? I mean, when I watched that video, when you, you posted that video and I watched it again after not seeing it for years, yeah, I couldn't, could not believe, I just couldn't remember and how many people were just hanging out and in that video. And yeah, that was a crazy time, man. That was, that was trippy. Like sometimes you just, you just got to slap yourself and just like, is this really freaking happening right now? Dude, what the fuck? So, okay. Oh, sorry. Turn your ringer off before you that, go live, Sunny. Um, is that your mom? No, mom actually, my mom is in the chat right now. Hi, mom. I love you so much. Thank you for hanging out with us. Um, What's up, mom? <laughs> okay, so you must have become pretty good friends with the guys um, from NERD, which um, his name was Chad, right? It's Pharrell and Chad. Pharrell and Chad and Shay. And Shay, okay. So did you guys like... I mean, you, I, I don't know. It just seemed like you guys were having such a fun time and on stage, like, what was the dynamic between you guys? Did you get to like have input on the songs at all or were you just mainly playing their music? Yeah, so um, so when we re-recorded the first album that's In Search of Record, basically we essentially just re-recorded their parts okay. with, a, with an exception of a couple of things um, that like our guitar, uh, guitar player, Brent Paschke, by the way, who's still Pharrell's guitar player. Really? Yep, and so he still plays with Pharrell. And uh, so, yeah, so we added a couple of things here and there, but really, uh, mostly, we just recorded what was already laid out for us. Okay. When it came to, so then we pretty much live, we pretty much just replicated what we did on the record, except we got to put some, a little extra juice on it. Pharrell never told us to do one thing or not to do anything. He just let us go with it. And, and, and what you see in those videos is just, is just the way it was. And yeah, so, you know, in the beginning, we hung out a lot. It changed over time, though. I mean, Pharrell kept rising and rising as this huge star. So things evolved. And um, so we started seeing him less. We started traveling with him a little bit less. But, um, you know, to be expected, given everything that he was up to. Sure. What he was up, what he was up to was nuts, man. So, you know, we would be like on the bus, um, sound checking. And on his bus, he's got Jennifer Lopez on his bus because he turned his bus into a studio. So he's recording tracks with Jennifer Lopez. He'd be in multiple studios each day. Do I mean... All over it, the place. All over the place, nonstop. Wow, what yeah. a time to be alive though. Like how, I don't wanna say lucky because obviously you worked really hard to, um, to get to where you were, but my God, how lucky and amazing and what a time to be alive. Like yeah, I, I do feel really lucky um, because I personally, I feel like I only really got to that place really because I had just gotten into Spy Mob about a year earlier and they were a very well-established band in Minneapolis. So they, so I felt like I jumped on to Spy Mob and a year later were recording with Pharrell Williams. But, you know, again, you have to take it with a grain of salt here a little bit because at that point we didn't know who Pharrell was. 
You, you know what I mean? Which is hilarious to think about, right? Because now he's just everywhere, right? So, so yeah, man, it was wild. And we all kind of like, in a way, we all kind of grew up together on, on that stage, man, rocking out. Oh my God. Um, when I was, and I'm sorry, I'm totally fangirling. I try not to do this, but this is a really special day and you're really special. Like, I didn't realize how, like, you were a part of me growing up. Like that album, that music, like, holy shit, dude. Like what? Yeah, I man. <laughs> That's cool. Okay, so I was like watching the videos and like you played like the MTV like music awards and you're on the stage with Justin Timberlake and Khalees and like all these fucking crazy famous people playing these huge ass festivals for thousands and thousands of people. Like what were all like, what were some of your favorite opportunities that you were able to get out of that experience? All right. So um one of the biggest ones that really jumps out at me was when we opened for the red hot chili peppers in scotland i mean okay <laughs> oh so okay that by itself was just crazy right so we're playing in front of i don't even know how many tens of thousands of people i want to off the top of my head i want to say it was something like eighty thousand people were at that show is it this outdoor arena in scotland um and we're playing our set, okay? And I'm just, I'm doing my thing, rocking out. I look over to the side of the stage and who do I see? Take a guess. Flea? F fucking flea. <laughs> uh, Dude. Speechless. So Flea's kicking it on the side of the stage watching me. I damn near shit myself. Oh my God. That was crazy for me as a bass player because, you know, like what you were saying, like I grew up, you know, in high school, I got mother's milk on a tape cassette and I lost my shit because he was just fucking freaking out on the damn bass. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then now he's here looking at me playing and I just, it was just such a huge moment for me. I wanted to get down on my knees and just, and bow to the master. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, dude. Um, I love, I've seen them a few times. I got to see Red Hot Chili Peppers at um, Will Ferrell's Quinceanera in LA, which was a lot of fun. Crazy. Um, and I always wanted to start an all girl Red Hot Chili Pepper cover band called Mother's Milk. Oh, that absolutely, hello. Hello. What has it already? Get on that, will you? Oh, I'm going to. I gotta manifest it. Uh, let's see. My yes. mom says it's 12 down here. She's in Texas. Is it time for coffee? It's always time for coffee. Cheers, mom. Cheers, mama. Cheers. Woo! But yeah, there was some definitely some other moments that you know that were really really fun like the first time so um we, we talked about justin timberlake he ended up showing up to and being on the stage with us so many times i can't even i can't even count but i i think it was probably the first time that that happened that was really cool because we were playing an after party um for a yoshi yomamoto fashion show he was doing a thing with adidas and we had this big fashion show we heard Justin Timberlake was going to come to the show and he had just finished recording um, Justified. Oh, 
with Pharrell, which by the way, little sub, you know, one of our first rehearsals, we pull up to the studio, we load in our gear to rehearse for our first tour. And guess who's in the live room? Damn, Justin Timberlake. <laughs> JT's there. We were like, uh, we just walked in and we're just like, oh, JT, what's up? Trying to be cool, but it was kind of like, we're just this little rock band from Minneapolis. What is happening right now? So anyway, we found out JT's coming to the show. And so we were like, somebody go, you know, go get a record at the record store. We listened to some tracks and we learned some tracks from the Justified album. And then Justin came up with us and uh, we did some tunes with him. And then after that, man, he came up on the stage with us and he sang and played the whole NERD set with us. Like, and he was singing word for word. Wow. Yeah, man. And he, I remember one, one uh, really great compliment he gave us, uh, which I'm really proud of. He was like, man, you guys are only four people in this band. You sound like earth, wind and fire. <laughs> you know, and he's like, or, <laughs> he was like, I can't remember, man. He said, or he said something like, I, I, um, you guys are only four guys and you sound amazing. And my band is like 20 guys or something like earth, wind and fire. I can't remember. <laughs> it was awesome. Dude, um, I was just watching the video and I, I, it was either lap dance or rock star. And it was like, just like an anthem and everybody like was on stage with you guys. I don't know if it was Little Wayne. Did Little Wayne get out there at some point with you guys? Uh, I don't remember Little Wayne do, coming out. I think you and might, you, Will, I, Will am. I Am. It was That's Will it. I Am. Cause we were on tour with the Black Eyed Peas. Ah, what? But, yeah, we, oh man, yeah. Yep, we were on tour for the uh, with the Black Eyed Peas, so we played all over the world with those guys. Wow! Do you have yeah. like a favorite tour story with the Black Eyed Peas or NERD that you can share with us? Uh, tour stories with Black Eyed Peas, um, not so much with the Black Eyed Peas, man. They were kind of they were very kind of to themselves, you know. So even though we were traveling around, it was it was a festival. So to be fair it wasn't just us and Black Eyed Peas. It, we, we were a part of, you know, a, a huge show with many uh, acts, you know what I mean? And so- So you, you know, didn't we get Cargillicious with it? Uh, I mean, uh, we hung out a little bit, not a lot though. But <laughs> Fergie, Fergie's awesome, man. She, she brought it. Those guys really brought it, man. They, their energy and their performance was outstanding. It really, I never got to see them live, but just their songs, they- Their, their show was crazy, man. They they did it. So phenomenal. Uh, so we have Frank Lawrence in the chat. What's up, Frank? Thanks for hanging out. He said, how did you record with NERD? Did they have basic tracks and your band jammed over that? Question mark. Great question. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so- so yeah, they had the original album and the, I, and, and I think what we did was we sta staggered most of what we did. So like we laid down drums first and we would just put the drums on top of what was already there. And then, so then I think they took out maybe the electronic drum kit and they put in the live drum kit that Eric Fawcett, he's the Spy Mob drummer, amazing musician and drummer. Um, he really killed, killed that performance on those, uh, on that record. Um, and then, so we layered it. Yeah. I remember, I mean, cause it was like 20 years ago. So 
it's hard to remember that far back. But um, <laughs> I just remember, I remember doing the drums first and then I think we did the bass and, and then some guitar. And so yeah, we, we just layered it. Wow. That's what I remember. Maybe we did some stuff live. It might've been different per song. I don't know. I can't remember, man. So, it's been a while. Yeah, no, no, it's all good. I can't even remember yesterday sometimes. So <laughs> right on. Tell right me, on. How did you get into the bass? The why the bass? Well, um, so bass. Okay, so I started getting into music when I was about 15. Um, and so I was listening to like Metallica, heavy metal, Slayer. And um, I had a buddy who was in a band um, and they were looking for a singer. And he was like, hey man, we're looking for a singer. Would you be interested? I'm like, I've never sung in my life before, but I dig what you're doing. And so let's give it a try. I went and did like an audition and I was awful. I was terrible, still terrible singer. <laughs> so, so the bass player, he was my buddy and he was like, hey man, you know what would really help you um, understand music a little bit better about like rhythm and pitches and just all the things would be to play an instrument. So he had an extra bass laying around and he gave me a little lesson and I've been playing ever since. I just, I was hooked immediately. So. so I see you have, excuse me, a four string behind you, but I believe in the videos you were playing a five string, weren't you? Or what's it? No, actually string? I played. So check this out here. This is the bass, my uh, 73 P bass. Oh, nice. That's, this is the bass that I played on the NERD record. And um, on some of those links that you shared on that post, um, you can see me playing that bass. Um, apparently though, I changed the pick guard and I, I don't know why I did that because, so I put the tortoise shell on it and I saw that video and I had the black pickup, uh, the pickup guard, How funny. Pick, pick guard. And I'm like, Hey man, I want that black pick guard back on there. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> I got to find that. Um, um, and then I'm oh, sorry, but I, I started playing five string, um, within the last five years. And that's now really my main instrument, I would say is is the five string. Okay. And um, Fender P bass is your bass of choice? I, okay, so I, um, about five years ago, well, I should just back up a little bit. Back so I, af after, after the NERD thing, I kind of retired. I played in and out of a couple of little bands, um, but I had, ki had two kids and got back into playing, say, five years ago. And I was playing with some funk R&B guys. And so I got into playing jazz basses. Um, so I play, I have a, a Fender five, this is my five string Fender uh, jazz bass. Ooh, that's um, uh, And you know what I wanna do? I wanna, so I'm getting all the black hardware. I'm gonna put some black uh, lollipops on there eventually. Right now they're chrome, but I'm gonna change that too. Uh, anyway. So I got into uh, playing some jazz basses, but now, okay, now um, I'll tell you about this project that we're maybe doing it in a little bit, but this, this new band that I got into is kind of more of a rock band. And so now I wanna get back to my roots and I gotta find me a, a five string P bass. I'm, I'm definitely gonna go back to the P bass, man. Nice. That's where it's at. 
Yeah. So I don't want to skip over Spy Mob because as we had talked earlier before we went live, this album is fucking genius. And I don't know how I didn't hear about it earlier. Um, it's very unique. I can't really fit it into a box as far as genre wise. Um, and it's funny because all the reviews on Amazon, just nothing but great reviews on Spy Mob. How did you guys get together and how did you guys sort of slip through the cracks? Like, how did this album not fucking like make it huge? Well, how much time do you have, Sunshine? You're kind of opening up a can here. I got all the time. <laughs> okay, so Spy Mob had been together in the early to mid 90s. And I actually went to school with the guitar player. And I've mentioned him earlier. He who is still playing with Pharrell, Brent Paschke. Check him out. He's actually coming out with some cool shit on YouTube for guitar lessons, man. Can't wait. Um, so we went to music school together. And um, so I would, you know, I, of course, he was a good buddy of mine. And his band Spy Mob got signed to Epic Records. They recorded a record. They had it in the can, getting ready to release the record. And they got dropped the last minute um, by the head of the label. And so I would just, we would just be in touch with each other. And I think, I don't remember how it went down. I think he gave me a call and was like, you know, I was just like, how's it going, man? Like, are you guys gonna release the record? What's happening? And he's like, we got dropped from the record label and we lost our bass player. And I was like, that's terrible. When's my audition? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Can I play? Why, why, would, why would a band be dropped from a, a, a label like that last minute? Well, I can only, well, that's a great question. Let, can we talk, can we revisit that question? Don't forget your question because we'll come back to that. Okay. Because <laughs> it's a good question um, and I'll get back to that. Okay. All right. Okay, so, so Spy Mob gets dropped. I join the band. They have this record in the can. And a year later, we just, we just, we went back into the shed we were just re rehearsing and writing and recording for a year and then um the lawyer calls and says you know hey we got this hip-hop producer who's interested in, in signing you guys once he starts his own label and so we were like great okay so pharrell um wanted to just take take that record and just release that record on his label so he was shopping around the record industry and let um he landed on it was arista records so star track was the name of the label yeah. um star track became a subsidiary label on arista and at the time la reed do you remember if you remember la reed he was ahead of arista at the time okay so pharrell's thought was you know let's let's uh have you back me up with nerd and then we're going to launch the spy mob career Right, we're gonna launch you on my new label. So Arista sat on our record for a year and a half, right? They just, nothing was happening. And we didn't know why, and we couldn't get any answers. Um, one day our manager called us and said, okay guys, 
Arista's ready. Strap on your boots. We're getting, we're going to do a six month uh, prep and just get this uh, album ready and do all the press and all the things. Um, so get this ready for a, a na national release. So we go through six months. And um, so our manager calls us one day and says like, okay, you guys, get ready, strap on your boots. We're going to radio on Tuesday or something like that. Okay, so we listen to the radio, waiting for our big you know, release. No song on the radio Tuesday. No song on the radio Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. And then we get the call from our manager. L.A. Reid decide to drop you guys from the label. So we were like, totally got the carpet pulled out from under us. You know, we were like, dang, and Pharrell, Pharrell was pissed. Wow. He was so mad. He was like, I got basically started this label with Arista, with Arista knowing that Spy Mob was, was my band. Yeah. And in the last, in the last minute, he dropped us. Okay. So now to answer your question, why would a label um, drop a band after two years and potentially a hundreds of thousands of dollars, maybe even millions of dollars of promo, blah, 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 blah. Right. Yeah. So here you go. <laughs> Take a sip of water first. Wait for it. Wait for it. Um, <laughs> all I can do is speculate. I have no idea why LA Reed dropped this, but I can tell you one thing. If a record label head uh, doesn't believe that you are gonna make millions and millions and millions of dollars, it's not gonna happen. So I think for whatever reason, LA Reed just got cold feet and he decided to pull the plug. Wow. Now that's just my speculation. I have no idea. And I also speculate, I also speculate that he was really interested in, in, in Pharrell and just having Pharrell's label on his label. And I don't know that he was that interested in Spima. I, again, I don't know. I'm just saying what I think. And I don't, you know, my other bandmates might have some different perspectives or whatever, but um, that's just what I think. Wow. You that's guys just what I think. To next level. You guys were just too much for them to wrap their minds around. Well, you, you know, you know what I think happened. You know, I think shit happens um, behind the scenes in the music business. You know, there's there's a, like a band will come by and the music business gets their attention. And this was before like YouTube. You know, so um, so nobody had heard of Spy Mob except for people in the music industry. And in the music industry, people were very interested in Spy Mob. Originally, there was a huge bidding war between six, seven different labels. They, so the, uh, you know, there's this underground swelling of interest in Spy Mob in the music business. And then, um, you know, they landed a deal and then people start to make kind of shifts in the, in the music industry about where music is going, sure. right? So when you say, um, we heard this a lot, when you say, I listened to that record and it was amazing, but I don't really know what category to put it in. I think a lot of people had that issue. If you listen to that song, the songwriting, so John Osby, um, the singer songwriter of Spy Mobs, incredible musician, wrote amazing songs. If you listen to that record, you're like, this is all just so amazing, but where do you put that? 
You know, we are just slightly off center, which I think was cool. Yeah, absolutely. I put it in the space rock category. Space rock. I can get behind that. <laughs> yeah, man. And I thought, you know, like had Spy Mob been released and done a national, um, you know, or an international uh, major label release, it could have shifted the way people listen to popular music. I mean, who knows? I don't know. Yeah, no, absolutely. We have Lindsay Twig in the chat. She says, what's Lindsay. up, Uncle? Yo, that's my niece. Lindsay, come on. <laughs> what's happening, girl? Um, Thanks for jumping on. That's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. I love when family and friends come in support and you got your niece. I got my mama in the chat. That's what's up. It is a good day today, you guys. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I'm so happy to be here. This is so I fun. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Um, so I was checking out the um, reviews, like I was telling you, and it was funny because they had you guys categorized under power pop. And I yeah. never heard that before. And I thought, well, that's really, that's powerful, right? Power pop. What do you think about that genre or being labeled as that? Um, yeah, labels. Labels are a funny thing, man. And you know, they're, I think they're helpful to a certain point and then they're harmful to a certain point. So um, yeah, you know, I, I think that we were a pop band. I would agree with that much, um, but I would think that our, our influences uh, were more like Steely Dan. And, you know, and would you, you know, would you say that Steely Dan was a pop band? I don't know. Like, you know, back then, like back then, or, or Todd Rundgren was also a big influence on John Osby's uh, songwriting. So Steely Dan and Todd Rundgren, and they were in like mainstream music, but I don't know if you would call that pop, but we definitely, um, I think the, the, our album had that production in mind is to be very poppy, even though the songwriting wasn't mainstream. Does that make sense? Sure, no, absolutely. Am I talking crazy? No, you are that talking just the way a bass player would talk. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay sends her love, says she loves you. Woo, woo. Love you too, Linz. Jennifer says she loves Steely Dan. Um, there was a band, what the heck is his, um, Ben Folds Five, do you remember? Ben Folds, sure, yep, absolutely. The, the key parts on yeah. My Mob reminded me a lot of the key parts on um, If I Had to Like ben. Do a Comparison kind of thing. We got that comparison a lot. And, and I, I and I, Folds. I think that, I think that was probably, you know, like probably more accurate than saying that we're a power pop band. You know what I mean? But the Ben Folds Five, that was cool, man, because uh, he was doing, I felt like, I felt like he was a, a great person to have in the industry because I felt like it would help a band like ours, you know, so. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So what happened to Spy Mob after you guys stopped being the NERD backing band? Is that an accurate statement to me? Yeah, yeah. So what happened was we got dropped from Arista 
and Pharrell obviously was really upset. And he was like, you guys, you know, just try to stick with me. We're going to find a new label. We'll, we'll get through it, man. We'll, you know, whatever, just stick with me. But after, after all that had happened, um, we were like, man, um, what do we do here? This is a really challenging position for us to be in because we have the biggest producer, arguably the biggest producer in the world at that time. And, and we couldn't push that record through. We ended up getting an offer from another label, Ruthless Records of all, Easy E's old label, Ruthless Records signed our band. So we decided, or wanted to sign our band, we decided to try to release that record. So our, basically our biggest goal was we, we gotta release that record. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we wanted that to get out there. So we signed on with Ruthless Records. And basically once Ruthless released that record, it basically died on the shelf because six months earlier, Arista did all the promotion. There was all the reviews, all the you know magazines and whatever had done reviews, blah, blah, blah. So when we came, when it came time to release that record, nobody would touch it. It had already been reviewed. It had already been done. And so the release happened and, and nobody knew it. How frustrating, so, Christian. <laughs> ah, frustrating yeah, man. Station. I feel you. Okay. I feel you. Well, I know you said that you didn't read any of the reviews from Amazon, so I'm not going to sit here and read these whole huge paragraphs, but I just want to give you the titles of these reviews because they're pretty epic. The first okay. one is Gateway Drug. Um, second one, A Candidate for Record of the Year. Third one, Nice to Hear Something Different. Fourth one, One of, two, one, one of 2004's Best. Um, next one, long overdue, but what sweet justice for a rockin' band. Uh, and then the next one, a rare find. And then there's one in Japanese that when it's translated to English, I don't really make sense of it, but you guys have fans all over the world. Yeah, yeah, in Japan, we actually had a number one hit in Japan, which was hilarious because on the, on the charts, it was like Spy Mob number one and U2, and I mean, it was like, what? <laughs> it's, it's just crazy. Um, yeah, so that's cool to hear, man. That's cool to hear that stuff, you know, because you forget. Yeah. You know? Uh, the song 2040, I did listen to it a few times last night. And then, of course, I listened to it again today. And it just seems so fucking familiar. It seems so familiar. Like, I had heard it before like in a past lifetime or some shit like it grows on you it's such good material and you oh, guys re-release it or do something like really fucking cool with it because more people need to hear this I, unfortunately i kind of feel like we have to wait till 2040 for that song to break <laughs> <laughs> let's just say this okay 2039 okay new year's eve spy mom will get back together and all will be amazing. Um, yeah, so yeah, you know, we actually, after a certain period of time, we were able to get our masters back from the record label. And we did re-release -re that record. So that record is available on iTunes. Oh, perfect. Um, so you guys make sure 
to check it out. Everybody that's watching, everybody's out listening at home. You guys have to check out Spy Mob. Holy cow. It will blow your fucking mind. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, so 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 I gotta say now, one of the things that just I was super excited about coming on is not only to talk about Spy Mob and NERD and all those things that we did, but also what I'm doing now. Yes, please. So check this out. I'm in this freaking crazy ass awesome amazing band called the Devin Worley band okay. so she is an incredible singer we are just about to drop a single from a record that they recorded last year before I got in the band okay and we're putting up we just recorded a Led Zeppelin cover which I am so pumped about you gotta just wait till you hear this track man we just destroy we just crushed this Led Zeppelin song so cool <laughs> Uh, so we are getting ready to do some dates um, around the country this summer as uh, hopefully as things start to open back up. Awesome. So what yeah, I got to get people to come and check out uh, Devin Worley, man. What kind it's of good music stuff. are you it's, throwing down? Sorry. Say what? What kind of music? It's like, it's like rock with a little country flavor. Ooh! But it's rock, man. It's rocking. How fun. And are you still located in Minneapolis? Minneapolis, yes. Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of Prince. Rest <gasps> in peace. Gotta love Prince. Right? But yeah, man, a lot of crazy shit's happening in Minneapolis right now, you know? So. Let's see. Joseph is asking, how do you spell it? How do we spell the name of your new band that you're playing with? Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, D-E-V-O-N. D-O-N, okay. That's Devin. Yep. Worley, W-O-R-L-E-Y. Wait, W-O-R-L-E-Y. Okay. Devin War the Devin Worley band. So you can, on all, uh, any platform you listen to music on, you can find it on iTunes or wherever you want to check it out. Yeah, so. super cool. I will definitely, definitely check it out. I love um, Texas country. I'm nice originally right. and I love Willie Nelson and I love all the outlaw country and of course my brother um listened to like um like Garth Brooks and like all like Brooks and Dunn and all that kind of country too so I love me some country definitely love me some rock so uh hell yeah dude thank you for sharing that with us thank you Jenny Phillips for putting that in the comments I appreciate you oh um, what did Jenny what did Jenny say she put the Devin Worley band in the comments. Oh, put a link up. That's awesome. Thanks, Jenny. Scott Anderson says Twig is the shit. Yeah, Scott. Yeah, <laughs> Scott. Scott's an old buddy of mine. He came out to see some of our shows when I played with Pharrell. I remember having him on the bus, kicking it. How fun. And we have Mike Biardi, my favorite. Mike Biardi. My favorite bass player ever. Yeah, Mikey B, what's up, buddy? Uh, Thanks for jumping on. Oh, yeah, you guys. Thank you all for hanging out with us. So we have a question. Tim Fisher would like to know, Christian Twig, did you tour with NERD on the Glow in the Dark Cayenne Tour in 2008? If so, my cousin was on tour with you. His name is Matthew Santos, and he toured with Lupe Biasco on the same tour. That is, no, that is not correct. I was, we were on the road with Pharrell, with Spy Mob and NERD until 2005. Oh, okay. So I missed that. 
Oh, damn it. Just by damn. <laughs> Let's see, we got Jaquita and Morris. He definitely is. I love him playing behind me. Is this a bandmate? Yeah, so I've, I've been playing around a little bit in Minneapolis. And so, so I played with her on a couple of occasions, actually. So yeah, right on. Thanks yeah. for coming on, girl. Yeah. You got the whole fam nice. fam in the house, Christian. Yeah, man. Let's do it. We got, ooh, this is a, this, okay, sorry if I butchered this name. Slawarmid Psyche. Hiya from Belfast. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much for hanging out. I appreciate every single one of you guys. If you have any questions for Christian, drop them in the comments. We're almost going on an hour, so we'll start wrapping it up here in about 15 minutes. Um, but I would love to answer any questions that you guys have. Uh, let's see, we got Jessica Mark Fort. Hey cousin, love you and miss you. Right on, what up cuz? God, you got a big ass family, Christian. Oh man. You know, my parents were divorced and remarried and I got I got stepbrothers and I got half brothers and stepsisters and I got family everywhere, man. Wow. It's good. Nice. And they're all good, all super good people. Oh, yeah. So tell me, do you have a favorite show that you played? Because I see all these different festival stages and all these huge ass crowds. Is there like one particular show that you could pick out of all of them that you could say was like your absolute favorite? Well, I mean, man, going back to that Chili Peppers one, that that Chili Peppers one was. Oh, that's right. That's right. I mean, incredible. But I, but I will say this, though, because we also played a lot of t television. So we were on like the Letterman show three times. Uh, we did. How cool is that? We did the Ellen show. We did Regis and Kelly and we did Jay Leno. I mean, we just did. We did um, Jimmy Kimmel. We did all, all those shows. OK, so. The one that stood out though, let's say like with the TV was Saturday Night Live. When we did Saturday Night Live. You played Saturday Night Live? Yeah, man. <laughs> Dude, that's fucking epic. Now SNL was crazy, man. SNL was crazy because you're backstage walking around and you know, like people are just, the, the cast is just hanging, you know, they're just hanging out. So it's just like, this is just one of those experiences where you just gotta like pinch yourself and just go, what the hell is happening right now, you know? So check this out, on Saturday Night Live, we're doing our sound check. And I look out into the studio and Lauren Michaels is just hanging out, chatting with somebody. So, you know, you got the lights on you, right? So it's kind of hard to see out. The studio is super dark. You got those, you know, bright lights blaring at you. So I'm kind of squinting and I see Lauren Michaels out there with some, like, who is that guy? Oh, oh, oh shit. That's Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger's having a conversation with Lauren Michaels, just like, I don't know, 25 feet away from, him, you know, it's just, it's crazy, man. And that was the episode that Ben Affleck was on. Remember that whole thing with Ben Affleck and J-Lo, like the Benefer, what did, what did they call it? Like, did they call the, the couple, like they called them Benefer? <laughs> yeah, I believe. Yeah, was there like a scandal around that there, episode? I, well, I think there was. There was, you know, the, you know how the media goes. I mean, like when somebody like uh, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez gets together, they just have. If there's a media frenzy around it, so <laughs> I don't remember if it was a scandal, but I just remember it was because I think maybe they had just broken up or something like that. Uh, so, okay. So it was a, 
it was kind of a big episode because I believe it was right after they had broken up. So that was funny and oh. crazy to be to be a part of. Oh my God. So my mom always tells me that once I played on Saturday Night Live that I've made it big and she's in the chat right now and she's like, see, I told you. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of one of those moments where I'm like, just like, wow, yeah, we're uh, we're really doing it, man. You know? Let's see. Lindsay says that you're pretty boss at playing rock band, that you guys had some really great moments. Right on. Oh man, <laughs> are you a rock band champ? I mean, I haven't played rock band now in a while, but yeah, man, that was fun. You know, when I play rock band, you know what I like to do? I like to play drums, man. Like, I am definitely a wannabe drummer. So can you play the drums, though? Like, in, like on a real kit, can you play them? I could. Define play. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. Yeah, I mean, I could play a little bit, you know, I mean, a little bit. But I would love, that's something... You know, someday, man, I would love to spend some more time and really learn how to play better. Dude, everybody that comes on here, they either want to be a drummer or the key, either one of like, wish they could play drums or that they would have like continued like with the keys. Like that's like the two main instruments that everybody always says. Well, that's interesting, you know, because if you think about bass, bass covers, in a way, covers like everything, right? Because it is like bass, every bass player is a drummer, but you're producing a musical note. So you got harmony, you got rhythm. I mean, bass is hands down like the best instrument. So like, I'm glad I'm a bass player. And, um, to the end of my days, I am so proud to play bass, man. It's just, it is the coolest thing ever. Hell yeah. And I can tell that you love playing the bass just by your like stage presence and like you're very proud, like you hold a really good demeanor. I love the way you present yourself on stage. You know, thanks, man. Uh, I appreciate that because, you know, like I, I feel like I'm, I was more of a performer than I ever was a musician. Um, so for me to be able to really get out there and just like go have fun, go rock out in front of thousands of people was just a dream come true for me. But man, I tell you what, I really felt like that's just kind of how music affects me. You know, uh, that, that record, the, that In Search of record, it just, there's so much energy and juice behind that stuff, man. It was such a cool time. And, and I just, I, I was just letting it out, you know? I was just feeling it. Dude, I just, I'm telling you, you were a huge part of my youth growing up when that song came out. And I had no idea until like, you know, we got in contact and I was like, oh, okay. And then I looked you up and then I'm seeing video after video and these songs that I just played on repeat. I'm like, what the fuck? Of course, of course you've entered my world. That's how small the world actually is. Yeah, man. And the web nets, you know, how cool is this that we get to do this now? You grew up listening to NERD and I got to play on that record. And here we are hanging out together. I mean, it's, it's crazy, man. Oh my God, it's so fucking cool. Um, okay, so Richard Stevens says, you look so clean cut. Are you training for an Iron Man and playing? <laughs> Richard, what's up, buddy? So, uh, so when I um, took some time off, after the music 
thing. I got deep into some triathlon, man. Oh, wow. Yeah. You just went so all doing, the way for it. I went for it. I mean, I didn't do, a, I never did a full Ironman, but I did half Ironmans. Um, and so, yeah, I got into that, that whole deal. And I think really is because mainly, man, I was, um, I was just kind of filling this gap that, you know, when, when I wasn't playing music anymore, I had to, I had to work that out. I had some shit to go through. So tell us a little bit about that. Cause I've seen pictures of you in like ice water or like frozen lakes or what, what are you doing exactly to yourself, Christian? What is this torture? <laughs> well, most, most people have heard of Wim Hof. Okay. Oh, you know what? I lost your picture. Oh, I know. I'll, be back. I'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still here. Yeah, no worries. Um, yeah. So most people have heard of Wim Hof and, uh, have you heard of Wim Hof? I sure haven't. They call him the Iceman. He's an incredible human being, man. He does, uh, he does cold exposure basically. And, and the effects of cold exposure that, uh, the body, um, adapts and has a lot of, I mean, it's just countless, um, uh, benefits, health benefits of cold exposure. So that's what I'm doing. So what are the health benefits of this cold exposure besides almost dying of hypothermia? <laughs> See, that's the thing you got to understand, man. People have been freezing their ass off for millions of years. You know what I mean? And now we live in a day, a time where uh, if you're hot, well, you just turn on the AC. If you're cold, you turn on the heat. But our bodies are meant to be exposed to all sorts of different uh, extremes of, of weather. And so I feel like actually, uh, we are getting so comfortable with, you know, just all the modern conveniences that our bodies are no longer adapting. So cold exposure, I mean, man, there's just so many benefits like circulation and, and increases your immunity. What a great time to abuse, uh, boost your immune system, right? With, uh, with the virus <laughs> floating around, right? Um, so yeah, circulation and um, it uh, helps your body convert stored fat into energy, all sorts of, the list goes on and on. You know, gotta get on the Googles, man, and check it out. Get on the Googles, everybody. Uh, wow. You find, your, you find yourself in Minnesota in the wintertime and I'll take you to a lake and we chop a hole in the ice and then we just jump in and hang out. Hell no! Hell no! Come on! Come no. on. Hell to the no, dude! I uh, can't even get into the water here in Santa Cruz, and I think it's like probably like fifty degrees or some shit. But like, even that's too cold for me. I'm like, ah! <laughs> yeah, it's not for everyone. But I suppose that's like a part of like pushing yourself, right? To be like the best version of yourself that you can be. Always striving, man. You know. Wow, it seems like it. So what, uh, what's next for Mr. Christian Twig besides, uh, I know that you're playing with, uh, what was her name again? Devin Worley. Devin Worley. Um, is there any like spy mobs? Do you guys still like talk or write music or? Well, because, um, because of In Search Of turning 20 years old, um, we, had a, we had a guy um, have a couple of us on a podcast. Okay. I think it's called The Others. Stephen Penny 
He's from Finland, I believe. Nice, great guy. He had um, Brent and Eric, the drummer and guitar player from Spy Mob, on a podcast recently that he'll be putting that out. So yeah, some people are you know interested in um, hearing about our connection to NERD. So we actually got together. We hadn't seen each other, all of us together in one room in, man, 15 years. And just this past fall, we all got together. Yeah. So yeah. So, um, so you know, people have been talking about like, well, man, um, Spy Mob and Pharrell have to have a reunion and do an NERD thing. So there's some talk about that, but you know. Are you whether me? Well, there's some talk about it, but you know, who knows if it would ever happen. We gotta and, manifest it. We gotta make it happen, Christian. Manifest it, put it in the universe. All right, man. Well, hey, if uh, Pharrell ever sees this interview, like, let's make it happen, brother. Let's get it to it, you know? <laughs> People would freak the hell out. Oh my God, it'd be amazing. Um, but I do not want to take away from Devin Worley and this new project that you're doing as well. I'm super uber, super uber, super uber. Yeah. That. I don't yeah. know what Super Uber is, but I'm going to yeah. say it anyways. Yeah. Super Uber yeah. excited um, to see this project too, because I'm sure it's just as, as wonderful and you put just as much of your soul into every project um, that you do, you, that you did back then. You know? Yeah, man, I got to tell you, uh, getting involved with the Devin Worley band has like saved me, man. I'm like, I had, because I haven't played, um, you know, I've, I've been playing around Minneapolis, but uh, nothing you know, just kind of I'm doing a lot of sub work, you know, like bass players um, need a need a sub. So they give me a call. I did a little bit of that around town, but, you know, feeling like I'm actually in a band again and creating. And um, man, I just can't tell you. It's, I'm so excited about this band. This band is amazing. Everybody in it, the guitar player just is a rock god. The drummer is insane. He's a beast. And Devin. <laughs> man just wait just wait i can't wait man i'm so excited i am so excited um so yeah so that's that's where my focus is right now is it's all about the devin worley band man just let's making it happen <laughs> let's see making it happen rory thomas o'neill says i think sunshine got started on 420 early looking good twig you are correct rory yeah rory 420 man we're celebrating. We are absolutely celebrating. I cannot think of a better way to start my day than right here, right now with you and all of you at home. Oh my God, we've had such a fun hour, Christian. How yeah, did been pass awesome. by so fast? It's been great, man. Thank you so much for having me on. This is awesome. Oh, thank you. Um, I like to ask all my guests, um, for like the best piece of advice that they have either in life or as a musician or whatever you got the best piece of advice um that you could share with us ah very good well man through my experience i have learned a lot and i've had some really big ups some really big moments you know that we've been all talking about i've had some big downs getting dropped from record labels and stuff like that. When you put everything in your heart, guts, your blood, sweat, and tears into playing music, and then it gets taken away from you or it feels like it's getting, you know, that can be a very devastating thing to go through and grieve. Um, so, so, and it took me a long time. But so my advice would be to always 
you got to remember to peel back the layers and the noise and remember what's important. So in my own journey, I have been able to get back to the point and remember what was important for me. And that is just to be um, learning more about music, um, learning more about my instrument and just staying inspired with other artists, listening to other people play. Like what a great time for, I mean, with the internet and seeing all these awesome bass players coming up. It's just amazing, right? So you've got to just, no matter what the music industry or no matter what happens, you have to separate that from your true inspiration or your true calling. And, and you got to focus on that and you got to just stick with it. Hell yeah. I love that what? advice. I'm going to put it down in my book of advice. Um, I love collecting them. Uh, yeah. It really does help me. And I think it helps everybody at home. So thank you for sharing that with us. Um, and thank you all for putting your advice in the comments. Let's see. Don't ever let yourself down. Keep looking up and keep on going. Believe in yourself um, and never let yesterday stop you from what you can do today and stay focused on what you're trying to achieve well said dang uh you guys are fucking rocking and rolling thank you all for your time today thank you christian for your time today thank you absolutely everybody at home make sure to go and follow christian twig for all the things um for the devil Devin Worley band for Spy Mob, the 20th anniversary of the NERD. Remind me the name of the album. In Search Of. In Search Of, 20 year anniversary. Yo, what? Oh. Yeah, go check out that record, man. So good. Um, all right, guys, we're going to wrap this up tonight. I am going live with Sons of Paradise to continue the 420 party. Um, and until then, you guys keep smiling, stay safe, be kind, and keep rocking and rolling. I'll yeah. talk to you next time, Christian. Let's stay in touch, brother. All right, man. You got it. All right, man. Take bye. Bye-bye.